and welcome to a brand new Tusk Talks Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Tusk, known in real life as Adam Chalk. I'm here to give my honest opinions on things we like or dislike from all the goings on in professional wrestling. From shows like WWE, Monday Night Raw, Friday Night Smackdown, NXT, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, Impact Wrestling, as well as pay-per-views, premium live events and some indie shows, as well as talking about the latest news headlines doing the rounds. So why not go ahead, hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Yeah, hello and Today I am of course here to talk about last night's episode of WWE Monday Night Raw and it's really starting to feel like the shine of the Triple H era Raw has disappeared somewhat because this is pretty rubbish and pretty boring if I'm honest. This was the go-home show for Survivor Series uh, but it did very little for me to get me excited. They, for whatever reason, can't seem to get the booking timings right because the build to the last couple of pay-per-views, as well as this one, sort of peak two or three weeks too early and then sort of fizzle towards the pay-per-view. Thankfully, like the eventual pay-per-views, or premium live events, as I should call it, have actually been really good so everyone seems to forget the problems leading into it but this stood out to me as uh rubbish <laughs> boring rubbish with a couple of things sprinkled in there uh it's almost like vince is back with a pencil for me um maybe vince being back with the triple h formula of just throwing on a few longer matches that's almost how it felt um but should we get into it why not and this show started in a very vince way actually when kevin owens came out uh he had his old nxt prize fighter video on the uh titan john i noticed he did get a great reaction uh, he says he's joined the War Games match because of someone on the other team. Not Sami Zayn, though, but Roman Reigns. Uh, he adds that he's a guy to take out the bloodline. He then brings out his partners for War Games, Brawling Brutes and Drew McIntyre. As they enter through the crowd, I'm not 100% sure why that was. Uh, but anyway, they were all up for a fight at Survivor Series. Uh, the Judgment Day come out at this point. Rhea uh, basically tells them to shut up. Dom tells them to go back to SmackDown and while you're at it, tell my deadbeat dad, Rey Mysterio, I said hi. Uh, we know who your dad is, Dom. Um, why, are you, why are you saying it like that? I know it's not his fault. It's whatever bellend that writes these promos probably Bruce Pritchard he sucks so uh, probably him uh, Finn Balor and Sheamus argue about who's the bigger plastic paddy or something and then a six man tag gets set up it was uh, the judgment day 
versus the Brawling Brutes. I will say that Dominic was the star of this match. Uh, he knows his role and is playing it really well, actually, at the moment. And I never thought I'd enjoy Dominic Mysterio as much as I do. Uh, I love it, especially when he hides behind Mammy, Rare Ripley. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm, Judgment Day are over with me. Damien Priest has found his confidence as well, uh, and he looked decent again. The crowd came up for Sheamus, getting his hands on Dominic Mysterio and kicking his ass. Uh, the OC came out, stopped running, uh, stopped Dom running towards the back. I think they missed their times a little bit because they're a little bit late, but it didn't really matter. Sheamus won the match with a bro kick to Dominic Mysterio's face. As soon as the match ends, there's a big brawl breaking out. Uh, and it ends with Kevin Owens hitting Balor with a stunner in the middle of the ring. He was on commentary, actually, for this. He was entertaining, as you would expect. And I enjoyed this. Um, but the problem is, this is where the show peaked, I'm afraid. Uh, I do just want to add, actually, before I move on to what happened later. Ridge Holland needs um a little bit of respect i think he's really improved his work this year when he was brought up to the main roster i was a little bit worried that especially with vince's booking he wouldn't really get over uh he was a little bit bland but in this group he's really making it work i think he looks great um and as a baby face he's really working i think Johnny Gargano then gets interviewed backstage about The Miz and Dexter Loomis. Uh, he then came out for the next match. He now gets no reaction whatsoever, which is really sad to see. What made the entrance worse is the fact that he now has entrance music. Same song, but now some bloke sings the lyrics. Hmm. Jury's out on that one, really. Miz comes out. Uh, he says he's got injured by doing some TikTok dance and he's chopped a cactus or something, I think he said. So he can't wrestle tonight. But he has found a replacement. You may know the guy. Uh, it's Omos. Uh, Omos just beats the hell out of Gargano, really. Uh, Johnny did get Omos down briefly, but he jumps straight into Omos's hands and he choke slams him, and that's it. Uh, Gargano uh, went from everyone being so happy to see him when he returned to, oh no, not him again. In a matter of a couple of weeks, he's. I don't know what they've done to him. I, really don't understand why can't they just have him come out have really killer matches instead of whatever this is geeky knobhead that nobody actually likes yeah, not good and this match wasn't good either to be honest can almost go away until he can do something a little bit different or Maybe just use him occasionally when a story needs a monster to come in and 
maybe for a baby face to beat a monster to put him over as a badass or something. I can't be the only one that's bored of the same matches every time he's out there. That being said, he has got better, but um, that doesn't make him good. Just better than the awful that he was, I guess. Seth Rollinson has an interview over Satellite with Corey Graves. He says that he's asked for the triple threat match at Survivor Series with Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory. Calls Theory stupid. Afterwards, Theory gives his response backstage. Um, I'm so confused. I thought the idea was for Seth to turn babyface. But he was such an annoying dickhead in this. Uh, It didn't work at all for me. Unless that's not the route they're going. It's just um, the fans have taken to him. I don't know. But surely, especially after last week, the babyface turn was sort of done and dusted. And then he goes and does this. Uh, Not good at all. It was then, though, Austin Theory versus Mustafa Ali. I really like the new Austin Theory character thing that he's got going on. Uh, just a shame they had to embarrass him for weeks before getting there. Ali plays injured babyface really well, but it did feel like he got a bit buried this week. Um, probably deserves a little bit better, I think. The Sunset Bomb and 450 Splash from Ali did look great in this match. Uh, Just um, before I go any further, usually I run through these matches move by move, but I honestly could not be bothered because I got bored to tears watching this. That's the reason I'm not doing it. Uh, Fury did win the match. He hit the A-Town down. The match wasn't really anything to write home about, to be honest. Um, Decent enough, is the best way of putting it. After the match, Bobby Lashley appears on the Tron. He tells Theory he's coming out there to get him, after a break anyway. Uh, But Instead, he cuts a promo. He did go and beat him up afterwards, though. Bobby also no-sold a steel chair shot, and Fury runs away. As he gets to the gorilla position, Ali is still there selling the injured ribs. Fury grabs him and throws him at Lashley and then runs away. So Lashley goes, ah, I saw it, then I'll beat him up instead. So he uh, throws him against the video screen and locks in the hurt lock. Uh, and again... Confused. So has Bobby turned heel or not? I'm sure he turned heel at Crown Jewel. I I don't know. Please don't fuck him up, Triple H. You can't really fuck up Bobby Lashley. Uh, But this, yeah, again, didn't make any sense. Alpha Academy versus Elias and Matt Riddle was the next match. Most of this, again, was boring, even though Chad Gable was class again. 
there was a cool assisted Broton in there from Elias and Riddle. But uh, I think Riddle even got booed at one point when he kicked out of a top rope bulldog. Um, yeah, as I said, the match was boring. Right up until the last minute, really, minute and a half. But, uh, yeah, I was I was then just really waiting for the Elias turn on Riddle to come. Uh, and I waited. And I waited. A few moments later. Uh, nothing. Nothing happened at all. I think it's definitely time. I'm sick of this storyline already. Uh... But, yeah, nothing happened. <laughs> Baron Corbin and JBL are backstage counting poker chips. Uh, they're moaning about Albany, New York. I don't think it's a town out there that JBL doesn't like, seemingly. Uh, Drew McIntyre walks in and the match gets made. That's all that needs to be said about this. Baron Corbin versus Drew McIntyre. Watching this made me feel like Vince is definitely back in control now. A match that we've seen what seems like a thousand times over the past couple of years. As always, they work well together, to be honest. But not one person has ever said the words you know what they should do WWE they should run back Baron Corbin versus Drew McIntyre nobody's ever said it which probably would explain why the crowd was silent for this as well Uh, Drew's a strange one he no longer feels like a big star that he once did Maybe singing in the ring in Cardiff with Tyson Fury after losing a title match in your home country, sort of, was a bad idea after all. Because since then, he's felt a whole lot different. JBL can fuck off as well. I don't need to see him anymore. Uh, I hate the... I hate... I hate the act, I hate the gimmick, I don't really see how he's adding anything to Baron Corbin. The whole Tazawa stealing his hat thing is stupid, nobody cares at all. It just go away, call back into your retirement home. <laughs> Bit harsh I know but you know, just being honest. The OC are then getting interviewed backstage until Finn Balor walks up to AJ Styles. Uh, Rhea Ripley then just nails Mia Yim with a big boot. Uh, And then a mass ball breaks out. They fight to the outside until security finally comes and breaks it up. Why does it always take these security guards ages to come and break anything up in pro wrestling? What are they doing? Not a good advert, is it, really? Uh, Bianca Belair, Asuka and Alexa Bliss all come to the ring. And once again, in the same way 
as Drew McIntyre. These now don't feel like massive stars anymore. Belair is one of those... Uh, yeah, strange. In matches, she's outstanding. Uh, but involved in storylines, she doesn't ever feel like she's able to lift average stories or average uh, promos or it doesn't lift anything in my opinion it's a weird one really I don't know if it's the weight of the title being too much or I don't know what it is because again when she has her matches she's great Um, maybe she's over scripted Maybe that's the case, I don't know. But she hyped up war games and then talked about Bailey and damage control. It was all a bit rubbish, to be quite honest. She even got booed when she said, uh, we're going to find out who the fifth member is, but on Friday. The heel side of war games then come out, and it's the same old drivel, really, that we're getting every single week from damage control and Bailey. This Bailey return really hasn't worked at all. I thought it would be so much better. And as someone who's a massive Bailey fan, as I am, it gives me no pleasure at all to say that. Uh, whether it's maybe the talent she's been given to work with, but again, Bianca's great. Uh, maybe she's missing the Charlotte, Becky, Sasha. Hopefully that changes soon. Asuka did get a bit of a pop by just basically shouting, shut up. But that's about it from this. Did nothing for me. And the main event was Rare Ripley versus Asuka to see who gets the advantage for War Games on Saturday night. And this was pretty good. Uh, but it did seem to go a little bit too long. That being said, Rare Ripley is just on another level right now. Um... She's so much fun to watch. You can just see the confidence flowing out of her. I think she is not just um, MVP of the Judgment Day. She's one of the MVPs in WWE right now. She's so good. And she did get the win in this after drilling Asuka with the Riptide. So at least WWE did get the... uh, the right outcome here is the heels will have the two-on-one advantage in war games, which is always a dynamic you want. You don't want two baby faces versus one heel. doesn't work. After the match, there was a big brawl that broke out, which saw Mia Yim, or Mi Chin, I think she's now called, uh, join in as well. And the brawl was not good, <laughs> if I'm honest. And I think they had messed up their timings as well um, because this went to a replay and then they run down the card as well and still had time at the end Uh, yeah not good I suppose the only question left to answer is who is the fifth member of the babyface team for war games I still think that it will be Sasha Banks as it has to be a big thing to make people wait. Uh, it's not going to be sort of Dana Brooke or somebody like that. No offence to Dana Brooke, obviously. Um, I also 
don't think we'll find out on Friday. I think there's going to be a twist. I think somebody will get announced, maybe Candice LeRae or somebody like that, but then they will get attacked. That's when Sasha comes in. Other names to sort of think about would be Beth Phoenix, after she got beaten up by Rare Ripley. Makes sense. But I do think she'll return at the Rumble. Could be Becky Lynch. Could be Charlotte Flair, maybe, returning. Uh, I don't mind any of these names, but surely Sasha is the one people are hoping for. I think it will be left to a surprise on the night. But we will find out. Knowing WWE, it will be probably Candice LeRae or somebody like Dewdrop or which is fine no, I've got no problems with them but not really what everybody's expecting um, so as I said not the greatest Monday Night Raw I've ever seen um, I do think we're wait- just waiting for Survivor Series to get out of the way so we can move some stories along and, and I am expecting big improvements as we go on I just want to mention something else that is bothering me a little bit and that's the commentary team Uh, when you're watching as a viewer at home you want you rely on the commentary team really to put things over and you know the way they talk about things or get hyped like Michael Cole has last few months uh, like JR always used to like Excalibur does on AW they got to almost feed you the emotion that you should be feeling Kevin Patrick I'm sorry does nothing like that he is probably the most drab guy to have on commentary uh, I'm really surprised they went with him over Jimmy Smith, who I thought did a decent job. He's certainly better than Kevin Patrick. Uh, yeah, I th- it's funny how my enjoyment of Monday Night Raw has gone down since he's been put in the commentary booth. And look, that's not just his fault, it is the product as well, but there is something in that for me. When he's not excited for something, I don't get excited for anything. You know, uh, I don't expect him to be there long, to be honest. But we'll see. And that is your Monday Night Raw review. As always, you can tell us what you thought of the show through our Facebook page or on Twitter. I'm at AdamChalk8 on Twitter. I will be back tomorrow with the NXT review. So until then, I've been Adam Chalk. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time.